The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are here with the wonderful Jim Kaler, elder law attorney. And he is here talking about VA compensation, um, a.k.a. VA disability, a.k.a. helping veterans if they've been injured in the war that causes them disability in their later life. Doesn't even have to be in a war. That's right. Doesn't even have to be in a war. During time of service, how's that sound? Much better. Much better. Okay. So, Jim, welcome back. I'm glad that we talked a little bit about what today's topic is, and we're going to go into compensation. Okay. What is it, and how does it work? So, the show is yours, sir. Okay. VA compensation, as we've talked about before, is for veterans who have disabilities that are the result of a disease or injury that incurred or was aggravated. So something happened to make an existing problem worse, like that bad knee that I mentioned in our prior session. Right. You had a bad knee when you got in the military, but you got in anyway, and then something made it worse. Uh, during active service, it has to be during active service, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, compensation isn't available for people in the National Guard because all their time is training unless their unit is activated. Sure, that makes Someone sense. who gets injured during basic <laughs> training isn't yet active duty, okay? So and even if they're you know, not, not even Guard or Reserve, just they're going into the military, something happens during their time in, in basic training, they aren't yet active duty, okay? So um, the... There's also, and I mentioned this briefly earlier, compensation program for family members left behind by a veteran or a veteran who has died or someone who died during active duty. Uh, I don't know whether you call them a veteran or not because they died still in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, have, never have figured that terminology out. Uh, so this is for surviving spouses, children, or parents because parents is going to be the more likely Um, a person who receives compensation benefits for someone who dies in the military because many people in the military go in before they're single. I mean, well, before they're married. So before they have kids. Okay. Um, So we call this dependent and indemnity compensation or simply DIC. Okay. Because there are dependents and it's an indemnity. They don't have to necessarily be dependents, but if the children are definitely dependents and spouses are assumed to be under VA rules we're not looking at IRS here who makes more money. Okay. That's just their family members. Okay. So if the veteran's death was connected to service, that would be killed while in the military. Again, not necessarily killed in action. It does include killed in action, but it could be um, already on active duty training exercise and something goes badly wrong Mm -hmm. or they're just they're driving around base and the jeep flips over whatever those are all horrible events but those are all qualify if they're in active service okay um or i take back what i said about training you see here on this slide active duty or training okay so compensation is available so i have to correct myself there um so that is like basic basic training correct yeah, it could be basic training. Uh, it might even include reserve and, and guard. I'm not, I have never had to deal with that, so I cannot speak to that, but it's a possibility. All right. Okay. Um, and then special monthly compensation. Again, now we're talking about aid and attendance here. 
Okay, Correct. but we're also talking about more than just aid and attendance when we're talking about compensation. For a veteran who needs help from another person with activities of daily living or who has certain disabilities, and I'm not sure that you call loss of a limb a disability, I suppose it is, but the disability isn't the loss of the limb, the, loss, the disability sure. is the difficulties because you lost a limb, right. but that, that all works. Um, or for the surviving spouse, child, or parent who needs help from another person with activities of daily living, okay? We're not worried about a, a loss of a limb to a dependent because that does not trigger aid in attendance. Mm -hmm. That's not related to time in the service. Okay. okay. Can we really quick before you go to the next slide, sure. let's review for our audience um, what is activities of daily living, just so okay. um, there's some clarity. The typical daily activities of daily living, and VA has its own slightly different description of these than that's does, why i wanted it reviewed yeah. and <laughs> and i and i'm not ready to go through those details on right. this because that's probably a session at least one session all by itself and i'm right i don't have that today um but activities daily living are the, the big seven and i always have trouble remembering the seventh one uh eating the actual physical act of eating mm -hmm. <clears throat> not cooking not cooking eating ambulating meaning walking around um, bathing, that's the biggie. That's the first one that usually goes because someone Correct. is not sitting on their feet in the shower. Uh, transporting, which uh, is a fancy term for being able to get in and out of bed or in and out of a chair by oneself. It's Correct. a balance and strength issue. <clears throat> okay. Transporting is frequently the second one we see go. Mm -hmm. uh, toileting. Now, yep no one loses the ability to move their bowels or to urinate. It's the, can you clean yourself up afterward mm -hmm. thing? Okay. Mm -hmm. That is one of the, the first three to go. Transporting, bathing, and, and toileting are, are the, the three that are most common with, that we see go first, mm -hmm. especially bathing. Okay. Uh, bathing, toileting. Um, okay. Grooming. So being able to, you know, brush one's teeth, comb one's, comb one's hair. Yep dressing, mm -hmm. being able to put one's clothes on by oneself and buttons are a big issue there. Yep. Okay. The, the fact that the, you, someone could say, Oh, switch to a sweatshirt or a pullover. No, it, you still have a problem dressing. You are allowed to use that tie. You don't, you're not required to deal <laughs> with Velcro. You're allowed to have um, shirts and blouses that button. You're not required right. to deal with zippers. Okay. You can dress the way you wish to dress. And if you cannot dress yourself that way, now we're not talking about taste and we're not talking about ability to buy the clothes. Okay. Right. So if you want to dress in an evening gown or a tuxedo and your inability to pay for those, that's not an ADL problem. Correct. That's a money Correct. problem. Okay. Right. If you want to dress in loud, obnoxious shirts, it didn't mean you can't dress. It just means you have low taste. Um, <laughs> so Jim, I, in the interest of time, just giving an overview, um, a person doesn't have to meet all of those requirements. No, two. So two of the seven. Two. So yes. that's good. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners yeah. knew that. No, you got it. Did I get all seven? Bathing, ambulating, eating, dressing, I think you did. Grooming, transporting. Yeah, I did. That's unusual. I usually have I usually have trouble remembering the one of them. It's somewhere along the line. Okay. So if someone needs help with two of those. Um, and it, sometimes they can throw in, you need a safe environment, a la Alzheimer's, but Alzheimer's is not yet known to relate to anything in, uh, in the military. 
okay? No dementia is known to be a result of something that happens in the military. So while a protective environment need is uh, a way to trigger special monthly compensation, in other words, aid in attendance, for someone who has uh, pension qualified, sure, that really won't help you with uh, compensation um, because it's not related to the disability. At the same time, if they have a disability and have dementia and need a protective environment, it's worth asking for the special monthly compensation on top. Absolutely. Okay, because they are sensitive to those issues and they want to take care of their veterans and their and the veterans' families. Okay, moving on. We ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to make sure we were done with that slide before I moved on. Yes, okay. sorry. As I mentioned, there has to be service <laughs> connected. So something had to happen during time in service or training to the veteran uh, or the person who died while in service, okay, for compensation for anyone to be available, okay? There, there is no dependent and indemnity compensation for uh, the family of a veteran who does not, who did not have some disability his or herself or die during service okay so a disability later in life of a of a spouse does not trigger the compensation issue okay and here's one of the biggies in compensation once they decide someone does have a disability and the disability is related to something that happened in the military and that's mm-hmm. definitely going to be uh, a doctor talking about the disability and what it is and what the likely cause is and finding something in the personnel records, including the medical records of the veteran that show that ties the two together. Today's disability was something that happened during time of the service. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was then, standing guard outside the base and, you know, got rammed by a car. Yes, exactly. Or okay. one of the ones that the Veteran mm-hmm. Service Commission here in, uh, in Summit County, Ohio, I mean, where Akron is the county seat. That's where I live uh, mm-hmm. in, in Summit County. Uh, veteran Service Officer there likes to talk about um, getting compensation for someone who didn't seem to have anything in the, in the record at all, nothing military, nothing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, nothing medical, but found a side note in the personnel record dropped anvil on foot in motor pool wow well it was the foot that was a problem later in life so yeah, yeah. exactly got exactly that, got that service member compensation that veteran compensation but then they rate how disabled are you it goes from zero to 100 but it goes by tens there's no nine, there's no 34, there's no 68. Zero, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. Or if you're a Spinal Tap fan, basically it goes to 11. Got okay, it. from one to 11 or zero to 100 by tens. I like the Spinal Tap reference. I always thought that was funny. Um, and that is definitely up to the reviewing uh, case manager uh, whatever I never have figured out what they call them at the office where these things are viewed mm-hmm. in my part of the country, the middle part of the country, they're going to be reviewed in Milwaukee in your part of the country out West. And it's basically split up by population. So geographically, most of the country is going to go uh, have their claims go to uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then the Eastern part of the country where most of the population is has theirs go to Philadelphia. So those are the three big offices. But Philadelphia, if there's questions later, they run the customer service line. So any customer service calls go to Philadelphia, but supposedly they can see the status of something in Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and St. Paul. Okay. Interesting. So 
a friend of mine who is a, uh, who, um, is a veteran and does a lot of work with veterans. Uh, he actually sits on the Veteran Service Commission here in Summit County. He's also an outer law attorney. Um, he has a disability, a, a hearing issue. It is viewed at, at this point as 0% disabled. So he's not eligible for compensation. But because he has a rating at all, mm -hmm. that means that it's already been determined to be connected to his time in the military. So the service-connected argument is already done. So if his hearing gets worse later in life, all he has to do is show that it's worse and now maybe jumps from zero to 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever, depending how bad it is. So he can always reopen that. So we're going to keep talking about compensation for veterans. And Jim and I will be right back right after this message. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 